What is the thing that is number one in your life apart from Jesus Christ? Your motorcycle, your car, your job, your wife, your husband, your children. All these things have become number one when they should be last. Jesus should be number one and your wife and your husband, children, number two. But we have things so out of order that we forget that Jesus is on the throne. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as Raul continues our series celebrating the greatness of God's heart, we'll see that His love is both unconditional and all-encompassing. Stay with us to see that throughout Christ's three years of ministry, He cared for all types of people in need, never saying no to anyone asking for His help. Today's message is titled, Jesus' Compassion. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins. Go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, beginning at verse 24 through 30. He says, From there he arose, Jesus, and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. That's the coast of Lebanon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, Syro-Phoenician by birth. And she kept asking him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it into the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out of her daughter lying on the bed. You know, whenever Jesus did something spectacular like did a miracle, it's just amazing. He came to preach, to teach, and to heal. And now he's kind of getting away. He's getting away from the area of Capernaum. And he's going up to Lebanon, to the coast of Lebanon, Tyre and Sidon, where he wants to get away and to be alone with his disciples and spend some time probably in prayer. But somehow you couldn't get away from your fame, the fame that he had. By the way, he never wanted to be famous, but he became famous. Not only because he was the son of the living God, But because he had a message, a message that brought people to himself and a message that drew people away from himself, that hated Jesus. And I thought about chapter 7 here in verse 24 that here is Jesus trying to get away with. There was two other times that he tried to get away. One was the feeding of the 5,000 and the other one was the casting of the other demon, which we see in the gospel of Mark. This is a third time now he's getting away to be alone with the Father, probably his disciples. It doesn't tell anybody. And somehow the Gentile woman heard about him and she came to see him. He could have rejected the woman, rejected the actual 
asking of the daughter's healing. She's demon-possessed. Let's begin again by looking at verse 24. We see here the place and the region where it took place. The mother whose heart was broken. Verse 24. From there he got up from the Capernaum, and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So he already has been not only in Capernaum for three years, but now he says to Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted one to know it, but he could not be hidden. Notice he tells you exactly what happened to him. It is hard sometimes to find time to spend along with Jesus. I know that for a fact. That if we don't spend time with Jesus, then how can we speak about Jesus? How can we share? How can we celebrate Jesus? When really we don't know him intimately, when we should. And we see the heart of Jesus looking after the needy, after the afflicted, those that had a need. He was always there to meet their needs. Twice Christ was withdrawing from the people, as we saw before. Twice. In the Gospel of Mark. But times they went across, not only across the lake, remember, they went across the lake to the other side, Tiberias, Capernaum, over to the gatherings. But Jesus always in crossing somewhere to the gatherings, Capernaum, wherever he was moving, he was always, always taking the message, the message of hope, the message of salvation. Here on his third withdrawal, he rose up from Capernaum, and he goes as far as to 40, 50 miles to the border of Tyre and Sidon. And it's neat because Jesus here understands this. He's got away. He wants to be by himself. His disciples are with him. But yet in Greek culture, notice he had influenced Syria. He had somehow they heard about him in Lebanon, what he was doing in Israel. And the news got out so fast that when he showed up, man, they knew who he was. And the woman was not a Jew. She was a Greek. Verse 25. Here's the problem. The Gentile girl possessed by an evil spirit. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about Jesus. And she came and fell at his feet. Can you imagine? Here she listens. She hears. And then she humbles. She hears she humbles herself in asking Jesus about her daughter. The word of God spreading. So impressive to see this woman that comes to Jesus with a hurting heart because of her daughter's situation. Whenever we have a hurting heart, that's the best place to go, to Jesus. For he's the only one that can respond, the only one that can speak to our hearts, the only one that can heal And when she heard that there was a man that could heal her daughter, no time was wasted. Immediately she went to see him. She went to see him to see if she would have mercy upon her daughter. The situation we have here are situations that we have every day in life. There are people that are demon-possessed. There are people that are crippled. There are people with cancer. There are people with headaches. I mean, every type of illness you can think about that we not only have experience, but many are experiencing even here this morning and outside of these four walls. We know for sure that demons are real. We know for sure. Because Satan, the nature of demons, number one, their nature, they're evil. They're evil. Jesus knew this. 
Remember when he was talking to that person that was demon-possessed, that was cutting himself day and night in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8? And when Jesus came to him, he knew who he was, and the demon said, we know who you are. We know who you are. And he said, I know who you are. And they were not only communicating with Jesus, and they were fearful because they knew their time was not yet. Their time is coming. So what did they do? They asked Jesus if they could release this person by coming out of him and if they could go into those 2,000 pigs that were there by the Sea of Galilee. And he said, go. And they went out of this person and the pigs went over the Sea of Galilee. They all drowned. The demons didn't drown. The pigs drowned. And we see that demons are evil. In Luke chapter 10, 17, Jesus said, And the seven, he turned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10 to 12. Behold, I saw him fall. And one third of the angels with him. That's what the Bible teaches. Powerful. Luke 8, 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and he broke the bands. He was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And then they're numerous, and not just one, many. Mark 5, 8 says, for he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What's your name? And he answered and said, My name is Legion. We are many. Unclean. Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease. And then they're under the command of Satan. Matthew 12, 24. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and scribes. They were saying that he was actually the devil. And Jesus said, hey, you guys, be careful what you say. You're getting this close to crossing the line of the unpardonable sin. That once you cross that line, nobody can bring you back this way. He warned them. They said this. And when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Zelbab, the god of the flies, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is dividing against himself. How shall then the kingdom stand? If I, Belzebub, Jesus says, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, because of this, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Wow. The kingdom of God has come unto you. May he rebukes them. He says, you guys, I am God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'd like to remind you that our mission is to enrich your understanding of who God is and to help you discover His will for your life. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. And be sure to download our free app for more faith-building resources. Now, back to more with Raul Reese. 
Verse 26, we see the mother's desperation here concerning her daughter being healed. You notice here, Jesus is going to make things clear to her. He says, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. We spoke about that up in Lebanon. And she kept asking him to cast a demon out of her daughter. So she kept persistency. I'm keeping asking you until you give me an answer. We all have sometimes experienced desperation. I don't know about you, but I've experienced desperation. And when desperation comes, you can really be uptight. You can really be stressed out to the point that you think, I wonder if I'm going to make it. I wonder if I'm going to really make it. And it seemed that Jesus, maybe it seemed that he wasn't listening, but Jesus always listens. Jesus Hey, I am listening to you. And when I looked at that little phrase there, I thought, what can I learn from this woman? I learned that she was a loving mother. I learned meant she was persistent. And I learned that she had faith. That's what I learned when I looked at the scripture. This was the life of Jesus. This was this woman from Phoenicia. That she had come by faith. She didn't know what was going to happen, but Jesus already knew, and she will be surprised at what Jesus will do. But first of all, she will be tested before Jesus will do anything. And you'll be tested, and I'll be tested before Jesus can do anything in your life. Verse 27 to 30, the loving Messiah. Verse 27, Jesus' reminder here. He had come to help people. Verse 27, he says, and then Jesus said to her, here's his answer, response. Let the children be filled first. What do you mean, let the children be first filled? For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, what does that have to do with healing? The woman must have said, what do you mean? But the woman was smart. And I don't know how spiritual she was, but she started figuring out what's going on here. Because we see Jesus responding here to the woman's request. How? And get this out. Mark this out. Examining her heart as God wants to examine your heart to see if you're connected or not. God does it all the time. He wants to make sure that I'm connected. He wants to make sure that when I'm connected, I'm listening and I'm doing what he tells me to do. So as he is examining our hearts, another thing he checks is your motives. The motives in our lives. Because he knows that we are discouragement to a lot of people. We get discouraged ourselves just like this woman. He gave this request to Jesus. Let the children again be filled. Who's he talking about? We'll see in a moment. That Jesus kept repeating it and repeating it. Remember, the Gentiles had not received the gospel yet. It was given to who? To the Jews. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Jesus was in Gentile land. A Gentile comes for a healing. And he says, look, I came first of all to give the gospel to the Jew. And later on, I'll give it to the Gentile. And then he says this. He says, who are like the dogs comparison to them, the Jews, and dogs to them snarling to them or at them ready to attack them. The Jews were always attacking people. Remember, people that were following Jesus, attacking Jesus, the disciples, all these people. Now, we have here the illustration Jesus is giving was in essence to the test of the woman's faith to see if she was connected. 
Let's see if you're really connected to what I'm saying. Jesus' first responsibility was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, to his people, and to the Greeks or the Gentiles next. Romans 15.8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision Jews for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers from Abraham all the way through the Jew first and then they reject it and then the Gentiles get it. That's why we're here. 1900 years because we're Gentiles. That first is also applied there. There would come a time when the Gentiles again would receive the blessings of God in their lives. Not now, but another time you say. Now the children of the bread here is referring to God's blessings offered to the Jews. I mean, can you imagine Jesus came, offered everything to the Jews. I'll give you everything. Everything. If they would have been reading the scriptures, the Bible, they didn't have the New Testament, it was being prepared But the Old Testament from Genesis all the way to Malachi, if they would have been reading the Old Testament, they would have never missed the Mashiach, the anointed one of God. People today miss the Mashiach in salvation because they don't read the Bible. They don't know what the Bible's about. The Bible's about Jesus. But in order for me, like Jesus speaking to this woman, I must understand that I cannot receive unless I give of myself to you. By humbling myself before him. That's the only way. The picture here is indicating that the little dogs are Gentiles. Have a place, notice, in the household of God later on. Not now. And the little children here suggest also that it refers to the dogs that were kept as little pets. You know, you have little pets in the house. The wild dogs were outside. They would roam around the street. I mean, they were wild. They would bite you. And they, could, they would kill you. And Jesus here is using that term. Jesus was referring to the Gentiles. But he did not use the aggressive term to the Jews usually employed for them that describe mangy or vicious or mongrel. Speaking of those wild dogs. Of those wild dogs. Jesus loving and caring for the Jew. And here is the Gentiles coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need your help. My little daughter is demon-possessed. Can you please help me? I love the way God works because he never says no. (laughs) The only time you can hear the word no is when you are coming against him. And then he's going to what? He's going to reward you. Not great. He's going to reward you in judgment. You can't play games back and forth with Jesus. But I think that within each one of our own hearts individually, where's Christ in your life? What possesses you? What is the thing that is number one in your life apart from Jesus Christ? Your motorcycle, your car, your job, your wife, your husband, your children, your hunting, your fishing, your surfing. All these things that become number one when they should be last. Jesus should be number one and your wife and your husband, children, number two. But we have things so out of order that we forget that Jesus is on the throne. 
This woman was seeking Jesus. This woman has faith in Jesus. That he is able to heal his daughter. We notice the answer, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. She knew in her heart that she was a sinful and undeserving woman that needed God's grace. I love that. She knew it. She responds without any complete absence of pride, self-reliance. But she answers as a sinful woman to the Lord Jesus Christ. Says, Lord, yes, Lord. Verse 29, her reward because of faith. And then he said to her, for this saying, because of what you said, go your way, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Imagine that. How does she feel? Well, I think she says, well, I wonder if he did or not. She was hustling home. But I love the way Jesus does things. I don't have to go. I'm just going to speak it. Hey, what are you asking of Jesus here this morning? What do you want? You have everything. What do you want? He's here for that. Just like that woman came to Jesus. Now, verse 30. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying in the bed. Totally well and healed. The daughter's healing through the wonderful power of the Lord Jesus Christ. A primary thing. Rather than focusing on the center of other things. On the substance of this woman. Faith being the characterized by her humility. Her penance. Her reverence on God. And the faith that she possesses as she believed in Jesus Christ. That he was the one that was able to do it. It's wonderful to know that our Savior's love is not selective, but extends to every person unconditionally. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call us at 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for Raul's teaching titled, Jesus Compassion. Now, to further encourage you with assurance of your place in the Lord's heart, we'd like to tell you about a resource from Rawl titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that affirms that when you come to the Lord in faith and repentance, He'll forgive your sins, heal your heart, provide for your needs, and walk with you through trials. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to purchase Rawls' booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That phone number once again is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order that way, is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're always looking for new ways to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord, and we value your feedback on how we're doing. We also encourage you to deepen your faith with our many free resources. Join Rolf for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. It's a Q&A program that offers timely Bible-based guidance for a Christ-centered life. 
To conveniently review a Somebody Loves You radio broadcast, utilize iTunes or Spotify to download a podcast. You'll also want to visit our website to sign up for Rawls' inspirational daily devotional emails. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. This ministry is made possible because of your ongoing partnership. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible and helps us remain consistent in sharing the gospel. Be sure and join us again next time as we conclude this series, Celebrating the Life-Changing Love of God. We'll take a final look at Jesus' limitless mercy and find assurance of His presence in our trials. Now, here's Raul once again with a closing comment. I'll conclude with these three things. Number one, God's love is so great. So great for us, you guys. Ephesians 2, 4, Paul says, But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love in which He loved us. Secondly, God's love is everlasting. Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord has appeared of all to me saying, Yes, Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And underline it and underline it and underline it. When you feel totally depressed and that God doesn't love you. Therefore, because of this, with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. Loving kindness. I've loved you, so I've drawn you to myself. Thirdly and last, God's love is sacrificial. It's going to cost you. In Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that in while we were still yet sinners. Get this. Christ died for us. Christ died for you and Christ died for me. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.